Welcome in to Pater Sports for the Six Pack Coverage Network. Will Dundon and Nick Trushel in here with you right now. Seth Coggin in here to join us pretty soon. Right now we're recording second quarter of the national championship, and it is not looking too good for the Horn Frogs mm. right now. 24 to 7, as it looks right now, in favor of the Georgia Bulldogs. And Trushel, we were just talking about this, but it seems like like for me watching this game, we knew I think the easiest thing to point out is Georgia just seems like the Jimmies and the Joes are just better, you know. Um TCU does seem to be getting outclassed a little bit, but I was talking to you about this before we started recording. There's already been a couple plays that if you're TCU, like I said, you don't have the players that Georgia does. You can't make these mistakes like Duggan. You're you're kind of in the game. I think it was 17-7. Duggan's got the ball and it's a coverage sack. Like you just can't take that. He sits around. You got to have like a you, you got to have a clock in your head where Okay, I've been sitting around here for a little bit. Someone's about to get me. You got to get rid of that ball. And then on the next possession for Georgia, you get him in a third and 10 and almost have a clear, clear cut sack on Stetson Bennett. And he just does a little spin move and scampers around. The whole defense is turned around. So there's nothing to, I mean, there's nothing to stop him once he gets past you. And then they go on and score an easy walk in touchdown. Yeah. And like you were saying, just the, Personnel difference between these two teams. TCU is going to have to play one of their best ball games possible that that team can play, I think, to beat this Georgia team. And starting off the bat, like you said, just not playing well with the pass rush, not um, being tight with the football, obviously having a fumble and turnover already. And then, I mean, the defense, they're just kind of missing those big plays, uh, like you brought up with the, the third down miss and then scrambled by Stetson Bennett. If you're going to give up big plays on third down, that is going to demoralize your defense. That is going to demoralize your team as a whole. And it, it looks like to me, TCU is putting themselves in a hole right now that they are not going to be able to dig out of. It's uh, it's looking like this could get ugly. Yeah, and as we were starting the podcast, Georgia just gets an interception on Max Duggan, it looks like. So, I mean, yeah. not looking good. There's only five minutes remaining in the first half. So, I mean, if you're TCU, I think Georgia gets the ball second half anyway. But if you're TCU, all you, all you can hope for is a stop right here. Stopping a score. And, and the thing is, it's hard to say this because they have given up some big plays already, but the TCU defense, at least in the trenches, has been able to make some stops. Um, obviously, they've given up some big pass plays, but they don't look totally unmatched on defense. I feel like a lot of this game has just come down to a few blunders. Um, as we see, like, yeah, Georgia's just getting athletes out in space, throwing swing passes or finding wide open guys. So, yeah, and TCU might have already made those, the, that number of blunders that is going to kill them this game. So, hopefully, uh, as uh, I'm rooting for the Horn Frogs here with our uh, good man Ben Batista in attendance at this game, uh, where, where I think Pater is pretty across the board of Horn Frogs today. And I mean, they're going to have to. Hope for a stop here. I mean, Georgia looks like they're driving and not having any problem about to punch it in again for a touchdown. Um, if they get up 31 to seven and that's the score going into half, I mean, Georgia might even start pulling some of their guys. They they got some folks who are worried about an NFL draft here. Kirby might feel bad and uh, pull them out. Uh, uh, this is looking ugly here. I, I'm not excited as a horn for honorary horn frog. 
Yeah, shout out Ben Batista going to the playoff game and now going to the national championship. Good for him. Pretty awesome, yeah. I mean, that, he's a true horned frog. How would you feel about, say, Tennessee went to the national championship, you go, and it's just – Say, say it's like 31 to 7 you're out of the game how would your how would you feel about going to the national championship in that in I that would moment? be pretty pissed I would be pretty upset I mean and now that's coming from someone who their team is in the SEC and has a real chance to compete here against Georgia now TCU I think as a horn frog you kind of knew what was coming I mean obviously a lot of America was hoping that Georgia was going to be able to uh be knocked off but they were 13 and a half point favorites. Most people thought, all right, this is going to be a pretty cut and dry game. But I think if you're going as a TCU fan, hopefully Ben has this mindset of, man, I'm just happy we made it here. We're picked seventh in the Big 12. Uh, this is this is an awesome experience, and I'm watching uh, our guys get an opportunity to compete for a championship. Um, so, I mean, it, it kind of depends on where you're looking in from. If I was a TCU fan and I was there, I would just be excited to be there. But if I uh, – being an SEC fan who expects championships to be won, uh, that would definitely leave a sour taste in my mouth for uh, if, if Georgia was killing Tennessee 31-7 to here at the uh, end of the half. Yeah, now I feel yeah Here, Trucial, I'm going to ask you – I think we're we're trying to do a little Twitter spaces here. Um, yeah, I saw something just come across my phone here. We uh, let me see if I can get it back going again. Here we go. All right, we're back on Twitter as it goes. So, hopefully, whoever's listening in, hopefully, we can get a couple people to join in. We'll talk whatever they want to talk again. This game, I mean, TCU's best chance here is just stop them and pray, honestly. Um, We'll talk a little bit too, Trishel, if you want to hop in. We'll talk a little Titans as well. There's a lot going on today. Uh, some coaches getting fired after, you know, losing on Saturday to Jacksonville in just the worst way possible. Like, Yeah, I mean, Dobbs sack, fumble, scoop and score to, to lose the game was – talk about a knife in the chest. Like, I knew – I mean, on that drive, I was pretty certain we were not going to be able to score or, like, really put them out of it. But I was hoping, okay, let's just get a couple of first downs. Let's let Stonehouse boot one to the five, and then they have to drive 95 yards. Or I guess they were down three at the time, right? So they yeah. could have uh, kicked a field goal. I think so. Five. But at least they were going to have have to drive 50 yards to get in field goal range and kick it. So that was kind of what I was hoping for. And then absolute worst case scenario breaks out. Dobbs gets clobbered from his blind side. Um, and the thing that really pissed me off the most about Dobbs was the last play of the game. Um, I mean, I, I understand he doesn't have very much experience, so you can't necessarily put it on Dobbs. But how do you go out there and throw it eight yards short of the first down line? Oh, we're talking about fourth and, and 13 to end the game, aren't we? Yeah, we can yeah. come in hot on that. And how, how do you throw it eight yards short to your check down uh, when, I mean. Just huck it. Like, just huck it downfield. Yeah, at least huck it past the uh, the marker. I mean, you have no shot to get the first down to to the guy that he threw it to. If you throw it to Burks, I mean, there was a decent chance he he goes and gets that ball. Well, uh, that's the other thing. If, if, he stands, if he waits like half a second, Burks is making his break. 
and there's a window there to complete a pass. Yeah. But it, re- regardless of that, I mean, Trisha, you said it already. That's just a throw you can't make. You know that is not going to get the first down. Yeah. I mean, that was tough. I do want to ask y'all real quick. Was that a fumble, in your opinion, by Josh yeah. Dobbs? Yeah. Hate it's to say tough. it. I hate mean, to say it, but the yeah. The ball was definitely moving before his arm went forward, but it was the only fumble I've ever seen called where the ball was in the quarterback's hands as he threw it forward. The ball let out, and it was a fumble. Yeah. It's the only play I've seen called like that. I mean, there's yeah. definitely an argument, and I see the ball was moving before he threw it. But it's the only fumble I've ever seen called in my life that the ball came out of the quarterback's hands as he was moving it forward. They only took five seconds to review it, and it was confirmed. Well, that's so that I was, that really... was a little sketchy, but I guess by rule, it's technically a fumble. Uh, but it, it was pretty. It was kind of unclear to me exactly what that should have been. Well, and that's what was a little weird to me was the fact they didn't really take that much time to review it. I mean, it was at least – And they confirmed it, too. It wasn't just the, immediately, the play on the field yeah. stands. Yeah, they confirmed it. Now, saying that, I do – Trucial, what you just said, that was the first time I've ever seen a fumble happen like that, but I do personally think it was a fumble. And I couldn't tell – I couldn't gauge it super well on Titans Twitter if a lot of people thought it was a fumble or not. I think there were a lot of people upset in the moment. But to I me think- – before his hand started moving forward, you saw that ball moving. Um, in real time, though, yeah, it looked like he loved to pass yeah. or it got batted or whatever. Yeah, that's one of the tough times. And as as a fan, we get to be super biased on calls like that. You know, like if something goes against the Titans or the Razorbacks, I'm automatic. Like I'm gonna be like, yeah, he he was. But that was one of the times when I honestly sat there and I was watching kind of at a we were out at a bonfire and I was watching without sound. So it was just, you know, us hanging out. And, and so there was no commentary and stuff like that to think about the play, but I was sitting there like, yeah, I mean, unfortunately that's a fumble. Like I, I, I think it's a fumble. I could, I, I hope they overturn it somehow. Like I hope I'm wrong in this case. Um, And I hate to say it, but I thought, I thought it was a fumble and just the kind of person I am, I had everyone convinced there that somehow that was going to be a good thing. Um, You know, I was just going on clock situations and scenarios, um, just hoping maybe, you know, we scored with, it was still, there was still three minutes left. We had all our timeouts. We still had plenty of time to, you know, put together a drive. We just, we had all the time in the world, just, you know, as evidenced by today's news and everything, you know, we didn't quite have the right offensive scheme to get the job done, nor the personnel. We didn't have the scheme or the personnel which is why your GM is fired and your offensive coordinator is fired. <laughs> Those are their two jobs. So um, unfortunate. And Dobbs, yeah, I, I, I just kind of hopped in when I actually th- thought he did give us a – he gave us a chance to win uh, for the most part. Quite well uh, in the first half, for sure. His errors were really untimely and really bad, but also forced. Like it wasn't truly – even his inter- his deep ball interception uh, probably is, you know – at least just an incomplete pass if he doesn't get hit uh, in the arm. And and then, he, you know, the fumble he had is forced by our just piss-poor offensive line. Um, what do you mean, dude? Dennis Daly deserves a contract extension. Yeah. If, so Dennis da- if Dennis Daly's on the Titans roster next year, just shut the franchise. Just shut it down. I mean, we need to give him a contract extension to, to show the organization really believes on him. I think his play would improve – 
if uh, the organization, the team was behind him. I think that's yeah. the best way to prove it. No, 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 <laughs> <laughs> no. All right, guys, <clears throat> I do want to throw it over. It looks like we got someone requesting the mic here on the Twitter space. Uh-oh. Oh, we're uh, live. Let's get yeah. hot. So let me see. Let me let me bring in uh, Jeff right here. So I'm going to give throw him the mic and see what he's got to say. Hold on. Jeff, what's going on? You're on with Pater. What's up? Hey, uh, we're still there. Hey, Jeff, we're having a little trouble hearing you. What's up? Oh, what's up, man? Yeah, what's going on, man? What do you want to talk about? I want to talk about the Knicks, you know. What the fuck's going on with them and Jalen Brunson? The Knicks, man? What is going on with the Knicks? I don't even know. I'm not much crucial. You're the NBA guy. We can talk a little NBA if we want, but yeah, what's going I on, man? Actually just made uh made some money off the Knicks uh the other night. They've uh they've been better on the road than they have at home uh this year. And they it's been something that I've been kind of looking at from a gambling perspective. Uh but definitely Jalen Brunson is a, an interesting guy to to bring up, especially with kind of all the craziness of the offseason of him coming into New York. So that's definitely uh, a hot topic in, in in Nick culture for sure. Why are the Knicks consistently so bad? Why can't they get a good football team? Or I mean, I mean basketball team. Like I over mean, the last twenty years, how many times have made players, the playoffs? A lot of players have talked about they don't want to go to New York because of the massive expectations to turn around a franchise uh, that is. Obviously, a huge market for the NBA, uh, but a lot of expectations and a lot of toxic fans. And this is not something that I'm saying, just some some stuff that I've read, that players are actually afraid to to go to New York and have to deal with all the, the craziness and the high expectations and um, just New York basketball being insane. It's such a crazy market that a lot of people uh, like Durant when he was supposed to end up there two years ago. And a lot of those guys just don't like the organization, the fans, and uh, they don't want to be a part of the kind of downturn before the upturn of the Knicks franchise. The uh, NBA needs to rig that thing back for the Knicks. Good. Yeah, with David Stern gone, we we've seen a lot of the NBA rigging disappear. Really, and uh, bring it back. At least, like back. to make them good. Like the NBA should rig their big teams to be really good. I'm yeah. fine with it as long I'm as Memphis is good. Yeah, I'm all for tampering as long as it just is fun for the general good of the league. Yeah, as long as Memphis is good. Yeah, you, as long as you're not taking away jaw. Like, yeah, you can't take away our good players, but give the Knicks some. Give yeah, the Knicks, the, some Knicks, love. the Knicks are in the East. Um, Julius Randle, I kind of like him, so I'd be fine. Yeah, I'd be fine with uh, New York kind of getting a See, little bump. How you truly know the NBA is not rigged is that draft where the Knicks, the jaw Morant draft where the Knicks yeah. could have easily got Zion or Jaw, and they ended up third. third. They were the worst team in the league that year, so they were supposed to get um, the first overall pick, and then they got bounced by the Pelicans and Grizzlies. The Grizzlies won, I think, 40 games that year. They were one of the first teams out of the playoffs, so the fact that they were able to, to hit the lottery and getting that second overall pick is pretty freaking crazy. And as I'm talking here, I just looked down at my uh, phone. I got the Georgia game going. Georgia just punched in another touchdown. 
Ooh. Looking like our prediction of 31 to seven at half might be coming true. Well, wow. You had that prediction earlier. Good job guys. Uh, well, it, it was already 24 seven. Like we were just saying. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. Not, not looking good for the old, uh, the old Oh, that is dog. a bad stat cast. Oh, I'm watching on a different channel, I guess. Are you got... Scott, the 5g sky cam? No, I need to. I might need to go to the Sky Cam. No, I got real, real life stats going though. I do. I'm a numbers guy, so I like to have the the full stat box. Uh, I'm the guy that's at the basketball game, and I know exactly where they're where they keep the stats. Like I, I'll know. I will whip out the free throw percentage of both teams at uh, any random timeout. I'm ready. I'm ready to tell you like the shooting statistics for both teams. I'm like, well, you know, they're shooting sixty percent. Like they're they're not going to keep that up or Man, we're only shooting seventy-two percent from free throws. We gotta, we gotta get that up. I'm, I'm always, I'm always locked in with how many points guys have. My eyes are just drawn to numbers. So this is actually a good way to watch this game. Interesting when they do these broadcasts when they have like so many different ways to watch the game. I wonder if that like increases or decreases their ratings. Like how I don't know how that really works. Yeah, they all, they all kind of have to tie in together, right? Like just whether I'm watching this or the main broadcast. Like, I'm still watching the national championship. I would yeah. like to see the numbers spread out, which which alternate broadcasts do better than the others. Oh. Is he going to? Nope. Uh, I thought that uh, TCU return was going to be able to get outside for a second. All right. Now I got Pat McAfee on here. I don't really don't really need that. They need to pay their crew down there live. That, yeah, would seriously. Be, that would be something. Jeff did hop off, by the way. I guess he just really wanted some – Bold move to uh, during the national championship to just say what's up with the Knicks. Uh, what is up with the Knicks? I hey, don't know. I, I have literally no idea what's up with the Knicks. I mean, I, I like how we brought up. Yeah, Jaylen. great question. What is up with the Knicks? I mean, Jalen Brunson is he's been playing lights out since he came back from injury. He's been leading the Knicks to 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 some big wins. So and they the got Sa- they got Nick Saban up there on the uh, on the broadcast. That's what it looked like to me. Yeah, I just saw that. Mm, interesting. I'm on the SEC network one. Dude, how many broadcasts do they have of this game? It's like every ESPN affiliate or oh yeah, ESPN every ESPN news. channel. Let me go to this broadcast. Okay, I like this one. No, this is that Skycast again. Where? Which channel is the Skycast on? I'm, I'm going to the Skycast. ESPN News. This is riveting uh, podcast right here, us figuring out our yeah, – Is Stetson good. Bennett taking oxygen on the sideline? Hold up. Did I just see that? Yes. Yeah, he already. Oh had, like, my! 30, Are you he had kidding me? Yard rushing TD. I don't care. <laughs> Sucking. It's been like three minutes since they scored a touchdown. You don't need to be on the oxygen, big guy. Stetson oh. Bennett is Stetson Bennett going to be the lamest two-time back-to-back national champion of all time? Yes. That's. Did y'all see? So right. Well, you didn't see it, but right before uh, the broadcast started, they were doing a little national championship intro and it's pretty cool because they showed uh some back-to-back or two-time national championship winners you saw touchdown tommy frazier cornhusker on there maybe yeah, yeah legendary quarterback if if only if only we could get back to those days but then they also had i think ed reed tebow they have vy on there just talking about the natty it's pretty cool yeah well That's- uh didn't cam newton technically win two because he won one at florida and then won one at auburn yeah, that's was true. He there was he there at Florida? Yeah, he was. He was. Sure uh, he was. Yeah, he was behind Leak and Tebow. 
So he was the same year as Tebow? Because wasn't Tebow, a, he was a freshman, that first one. Yeah, I guess. I'm, I'm looking up to confirm. and That's kind of wild to think that they're the same, would have come in, in the same class because they ended up being like. Yeah, he won the BCS National Championship in 2008, 2010. I don't think you can count that. Oh, no, no, no. That's Tebow's second, Natty, though. The first one was 06. Yeah, but, I mean, still Cam Newton. I got you. Okay. Yeah, no, you're right. You're yeah, right. that would make more sense. I was oh, thinking that. Oh, my gosh. Georgia that... just picked it off again. Oh, you must be ahead of me. <laughs> this is going to make for terrible live radio. Dude, this oh, yeah, is just bad. It's a beatdown, dude. Terrible decision. Well, and Seth, I was talking to Trucial about it before. So, when it was 17-7, to 7, you know, TCU is still in the game at that point. And yeah. you, they made a couple mistakes that it's like you just can't do that if you're TCU. And you, you're, you are outmatched no matter how you look at it. Yeah. But there was a specific one. Duggan takes a coverage sack basically where I was saying you've got to have an internal clock in your head where, okay, I've been holding on this ball too long. i got to get rid of it. And then on the other side, Georgia gets, an, gets the next possession. Yeah. It's third and ten. And you have – the defensive end comes in firing. Like, it's going to be a sack on third and ten. And Stetson Bennett just gives him a little spin move and scampers over for the first down. I mean, you get that sack in this game. I mean, I can't say too much, but you get that sack and it's a totally different game. Yeah. There are a few early plays, especially early in the game, can just change the trajectory of the game. Um, a few third down stops and, you know, stuff like that uh, can really change – how you perceive yourself in the game and how you are kind of, you know, now as we go into half, if, you know, if 24 against Georgia is going to be tough, I'll be honest. And they're probably at least going to get another field goal attempt. So that that's going to be hard to overcome. I'll be honest. But if you go into half down 14, you know, they've come back a lot of times, but a few bad, few bad mistakes, another interception there. Well, Tonight Georgia you just scored again too. So now it's uh, touchdown. to seven. Oof, yeah, that 31, 31 is going to be dicey. I uh, would have been nice to just be a Georgia uh, better tonight and just gone to gone to the half easy. Um, but not not great from TCU. You knew you had to be the team that made the least mistakes and forced more mistakes. Like you knew going in, we can't just line up man to man and play these guys even. Like, we have to be the team that creates chaos, creates turnovers, creates big momentum swinging plays. Um, and to give those up, to be to be the outmatched team and to also lose in that category leads you to things like this, like leads you to a blowout. Um, kind of unfortunate just for the common fan to be like, you know, like that's just a, kind of a bummer uh, for uh, for me personally, not to get too selfish on it, but – it would have been nice to watch a four-quarter game. It would have been nice to watch something, you know, a really good game going into the fourth quarter. But, uh, you know, I mean, we can't crown them yet, but Georgia's well on their way to back-to-backs. The Paydirt crew, absolutely wrong about that one. Um, but maybe right in the long run. So all we got to do is keep – we have to double down on our hangover – on our natty hangover take, That's right? Like, I can't – I, I – I'm not going to give up on that take. That takes way too good. Well, they're like the headache Georgia is going to wake up with next season is going to rival any hangover that any person has ever had on this earth. Like two nights of 
two sleepless nights of just chugging championship drinks. Like that is going to yeah. cause some serious that's like, damage. That's like if you go out Friday, yeah, Friday night. No, pretty much you like start day drinking Friday, go out all night, zero sleep. Yeah. Run it no, back yeah. on Saturday. They, and then you got nine, you got a 9.00 AM church service on Sunday morning. At some point, at some point it comes to knocking and you are just sitting there in the pain cave. You are going to be paying for their sins. They are going to be paying for their sins. Yes, sir. I wish the hogs played them next year. It's perfect time to get them. Perfect well, time uh, to get them. You know, the balls are going to get their shot at the, uh, in Neyland. In Neyland. It's, yeah, be be a diff- it's a different game in Neyland, baby. Yeah. Neyland changes a lot of things. That's the thing. Next year is a good year to play Georgia at home for sure. Just not uh, knowing what they're going to look like. Then we got to go down to. No way they can go back to back to back. No way they can go three straight, right? Does that does that put Kirby over Saban if he wins three straight? Three straight puts him like on the field. Like he is pretty much on par with Saban, I'd say, if he wins what three straight. What does Saban straight. have? Six? Saban's got six. I think he's got – does he, he have six have seven. at – Yeah, I was going to say, does he have six at Bama? I think and, he has six at Bama. And I think you're right, too. Oh, six? He's won seven national championships? Oh, and he's still yeah. coaching. Hey, well, uh, how many did Bear Bryant win? Four? No, I think but, he. I thought Saban just beat him by one. Oh, maybe they Bear got, Bryant. I think they have. Six. I think Bear has six. If I could, I could absolutely be wrong, but I think he has six as well. Yeah, uh, he has. So they're six. equal at Bama, and then Saban's actually got. He's got one more from LSU. That's crazy. Alabama football between two coaches just has twelve national championships. See, and I think. And, and this is an argument I have. And honestly, at some point, I think we should just do a pure MJ versus LeBron uh, debate episode. I think it'd be funny. But this is a debate I use or one argument I use in my debate of LeBron is that he has won national championships in, or he has won uh, NBA finals in, with multiple teams, now three teams. Uh, and Saban's won national championship with two teams. I think doing it multiple places is more difficult than doing it all at once, like than just building something. Now, building something super sustainable, a dynasty is legit, is amazing. Like, there's nothing that it's not trying to, you know, discredit that. But I think it's honestly more difficult to try and reach that level at multiple places. Um, yeah, because you got to do it all over again. Yeah, yeah, and to do it with different, like in LeBron's case, he did it with different coaches, like Kobe and Michael Jordan. They all had field. Phil Jackson won all of their title, or like. Like he was was the coach for all of their championships, um, so you know maybe a little bit of credit goes to the coach there. Um, but Saban's done it with so many different players, or even you look at like a Bill Belichick. You know, honestly, until he he's kind of taken over role as like goat, but I'd like to see him win one without Tom Brady. To be quite honest, we'll really like, just have some. I mean, he hasn't had a lot of success in general without Brady. Yeah, which, I mean, that's a huge chunk of his tenure there. Like, you know, Brady played for 20 years out of his 20, you know, however many um, as a Patriot. So, like, that obviously is a huge chunk of his time there. But it is still – I am kind of with that. Like, I would like to see some success outside of one single circumstance. Um, Now, there's a lot of circumstances that went throughout the years, but there was one consistent player. Of course, that is where you see the best dynasties. When you pair a truly great coach and a truly great player – that is when you see like over the top success. Um, but Kirby winning a third straight at Georgia, who hadn't won one in like 40 years, 
would be mighty impressive. Like that would, of course, I don't, he doesn't even want a second one yet. So let's get, let's hold on our horses a little bit. He's only up 31 and a half. I mean, anything could happen. I don't think a three Pete's ever been done in college football. Three Pete in this day and age of college football would be, would be just crazy impressive. Yeah. Playoff era. And like, you know, you're just dealing with that. That'd be so hard to do. I, I would bet against it just because I I think it'd be too hard. It's so hard to keep that hunger. Like, literally, you'll have guys that have already won two national championships in your program, and it's just hard to stay on that truly top edge. Like, it, you know, because you lose two games and now you're out of it next year. Like, it's not like you have to be a bad team next year to not win a national championship. You just aren't probably going to be the best team in the country. Yeah, the only way it really happens is if you have a truly dominant team. And like you said, Seth, in this day and age, it's just hard to have that with players. You know, if they're not playing at Georgia, they'll hop over somewhere else. So it's yeah. harder It's harder to keep that going. I think back to the Huskers losing in 93, a heartbreaker in the national championship to Florida State. And that's really what drove them to win in 94. And then it was like they didn't lose anyone or – they lost some linemen and stuff, but you still had Tommy Frazier coming back, one of the best college football players of all time, along with, you know, Amon Green playing running back. You, you just had the great players, and it, you, it was easy to carry over, and they just dominated everyone that year. It's You don't see it a lot anymore, even Georgia right now, dominating in the national championship, but they didn't dominate all year. It's just hard to do. Like, it's easy to slip up. Yeah, super, yeah. Easy, to, super easy to slip up. You have to go back to 19... 19- 36 to find the last team that has won three national championships in a row um, before it was even before the AP poll was taken into consideration 1934 to 1936 Minnesota the Golden Gophers won three straight national championships but Blue blood I mean to, to do <laughs> if Kirby somehow wins this pulls it off and then wins another national championship next year to do that in this era when it hasn't even been able to it, it hasn't been done in almost a hundred years. That's unreal. So I, I think if he does that, it's kind of one of those things that like with Tiger, he might not have the most majors, but his run of majors in the early two thousands, late nineties is unparalleled unpar- to none. So I think if, uh, if Kirby pulls it off, he might not finish with the most national championships, but Kirby at his best, probably the best coach of all time. Yeah. And that's a lot of it. And he did it. He did it on top of the Saban era too. Like mm-hmm. he came in and kind of, and, and the, the, this is very yet to be seen. I think next year, I think next year probably will be the biggest proving. If Saban doesn't come back and at least like go to the playoff, I think, I think you can really start to say like, he probably like they may mess around and have another great team, you know, but he's not the predominant force in football anymore and and Kirby came from out under him and truly like the saving coaching tree is hilarious because like none of his coaches could ever beat him like he was just dominant and that was like predominant coaches like you know guys at serious programs could never could just never get to Saban um and you know Kirby is finally the chosen one that was able to go to another program, build a better program, and beat and take down Saban. Um, and they took a few lumps before they were able to beat him, but they came back and finally have kind of 
really established themselves as a serious power, rivaled only to a few of those Bama stretches. And um, and really, if Clemson hadn't come around as such a great – Clemson had some great teams there. If Clemson hadn't come around when they did, Bama is sitting there with, like, at least at least another championship, probably another two. Because yeah, Trevor, if Trevor Lawrence and Deshaun Watson didn't exist, I mean, the Alabama Saban, I think, would be – yeah. untouchable at this point. And, and one part about Georgia is there hasn't really been a serious out-of-conference challenger for them. Yeah, Oregon was the, the big one this year, and they beat them, what, 49-3? to Yeah, well, I'm, I'm even talking about more nationally, like in the playoff. Oh, yeah. yeah, like their biggest challenge has been beating Alabama. Yeah. And, I mean, they well, they, I mean, they almost lost us. They almost lost their first playoff game. Ohio State, State yeah. they really probably should have. Which think about how crazy now think about how crazy that would have been now sitting here watching this game and you're like, oh, my goodness. Like Ohio State TCU would have been such a just ridiculous final to watch if you would or if you want to go there, how how close it could have been to Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan. Yeah. Yeah. Then we're sitting here with a crazy different narrative. Crazy different. Then you're having the whole discussion about the Big Ten on the on the come up. Like yeah, and instead the SEC is once again just running away with the national championship while the Big Ten goes, dude. I, I didn't I don't I didn't talk about this last week, but I got hot like I got it got me up in arms last week. So the Big Ten, and, and I'm not a I'm not a Big Ten hater. They play football too. I love football, man. I, I'm I'm all for it. But you sit there and you have Michigan, Ohio State, just media darlings from the start, like two teams that the media just wants to be good so bad. Like they will just do anything to pop up Michigan and Ohio State. So they they equally pretty much run through the Big Ten. Um, really no no real problems. Michigan had a few, you know, a few, a few closer games going into the second half, but pretty much easy pickings throughout the whole schedule. Best team they beat was Penn State. So all that they do is play each other in a one game, you know, essentially to determine the Big Ten. Now, the winner gets in. I get that. That, that makes sense. Michigan undefeated, won the Big Ten, beat Ohio State. Went, you know, they deserve to be in. But Ohio State really hadn't done any, like, had no real signature wins except for a win against Penn State. All they did in the game against Michigan was lose. They didn't play in the Big Ten championship game because they didn't make it. And then all they did was lose to Georgia. Now they almost won, and you can almost like validate them being there because they almost won. But I'm just saying, all that they did, they had they played three serious games all year against legitimate high level teams. They lost. They lost two and won one. Like the Big Ten got two teams in, and then you just go zero and two, and you're just right back. And so now it's like, well, we value these teams enough to put them in. And they were the two best teams, and they couldn't win in the playoff. What about the rest of the teams that they're playing week to week? Like, it's just not – something's not adding up to, to get two Big Ten teams in there. And well, yeah, but who lose. else – you had no one else to put in. The Vols! Oh, yeah, never Ten- mind. Tennessee, no, they, they had lost Tennessee two games. and Alabama. That's, they had lost two games. No, I, I, that's okay, I, that's, that's true. Yeah, that's true. No one else – no, no one else had stepped up. Situationally USC, – That was the thing. USC choked. USC had a chance yeah, to true. walk into the yeah. playoff, and they lost and obviously didn't deserve to be in. Yeah. Um, Situationally, yeah, I guess it made sense. But but they were – that's what I'm also saying is they were only sitting there at 10-1 and one 
they hadn't done anything. All they had done was lose to Michigan. And now they're just sitting, they just happen to be 10 and one because they got a lot of good players and they lost the biggest game, the, the hardest game of the year they lost. Okay. But the, the win against Penn state still looks good, especially after Penn state just routed Utah, the PAC 12 champ in yeah. a bowl game. Yeah. I mean, I no, think I, all those teams are just garbage, dude. Like, like I understand. I, I think the argument you, the only argument you can make is if you want Bama in. And they lost I don't, two games. I don't want Bama in. Yeah, yeah I, don't, so I don't want Bama it, it just happened to fall in their favor this year. And yeah, I get did. what you're it saying. Did. They didn't They they didn't have any signature wins besides that Penn State win. But And then we, we even talked about this before, but if Alabama plays all four of the playoff teams at a neutral site, how many of them are favored against Alabama? Georgia, Georgia. maybe. I mean, that's, that's it. it. So, like, if we're – Talking about the best team. Yeah. But that's, I mean, we can't, we can never use spreads. I, I like not, not ever trying to use like who would be a favorite. Um, I get that. Arg- that is a, I mean, that's a valid argument, like who the best team is, but it's the, the playoff is a, who is deserving, like who has yeah, played their schedule necessarily... in front of them and is deserving of making the playoff. Yeah. The, ch- the champion isn't always the best team. Yeah. For if the you champ, the season. champion, champion usually is. Yeah, honest. usually, but I mean, like, I, I guess more the the playoff. Well, you go back to the first playoff the when team. didn't didn't know how state win the first playoff when they were yeah, a, a four, four seed, seed yeah, I believe. Four seed. They beat Alabama. They were probably not the best team in college football that year, but they got hot at the right time. Well, and they did it with their third string quarterback too. Yeah, wasn't that the year they just absolutely routed someone in the? They beat uh, Wisconsin, I think, like seventy to three in the Big yeah, Ten that's championship. Why they got in is because yeah, they weren't yeah. absolutely. Oh, down. that's right because they were out, and then they uh, jumped. TC. Somehow, somehow Didn't they, they jumped got TC in. Oh, they got in over Penn State. Penn State was their only loss. Or it was Penn State, or- and but Penn State had two losses. So I think Trucher, can you look that up? Like twenty, I think it was twenty fourteen. I believe it was 2014-2015 season. Yeah, was that the year TCU and Baylor got shut out? I think it was. was that later on? I feel like that might have been like a few years down the road. Well, but that was a big – that was super polarizing because you had a lot of people saying Penn State deserved to be in. And I think the only reason Ohio State got in – I mean, they had a Big Ten championship, so you have to give them that. But the fact that they won 70-3, to it was like, okay, we have to put – like we have to put this team in. They're obviously deserving, and they can obviously play with this yeah. third string quarterback. So an eleven and one TCU beat Ole Miss forty two to three in the Peach Bowl. So that was uh, one of the years that TCU got screwed, and then Baylor was number five. Well, it was also the year when Florida State was kind of garbo. Yeah, and they made and- number three and got destroyed fifty nine to twenty. Yeah. It was Oregon, Ohio State in the national championship, and Ohio State killed Oregon 42-20. to 20. Um, Yeah, so Oregon beats Florida State by 39, um, and then Ohio State obviously barely beats Alabama. Not barely, but beats Alabama by a touchdown. And, and they ran – it was uh, – I think they scored 40-plus points on them. Yeah, like, it was 42-35. to 30. Five. So, I mean, the fact that they were able to put up 42 against Alabama is amazing. With and Cardale Jones. Routed Oregon 42. They put up another 42-burger and beat uh, Oregon 42-20. to 20. Dude, that TCU team – like, I remember that TCU team really well. Um, 
and they were good, man. Their only loss was to that Baylor team uh, that was also 11 and one or whatever. And the fact that they were able to beat Ole Miss 42 to three in their bowl game leaves an even more sour taste in their mouths that they were knocked out of the playoffs when clearly they could, they showed they could hang with the big dogs. Well, and I think that was when I, I'm, I'm guessing a little bit here, but I'm thinking the year after is when the big 12 said, okay, we have to have a conference championship game. Cause we're basically getting shut out because we're playing one less game, even though we have a team that's 11 and one that should be a playoff team. And again, that's a hard, that's a hard ask when the number four team in Ohio state ends up winning the national championship. It's hard to say, mm-hmm. well, you deserve being there over Ohio state. That's really TCU's only shot at saying we could have won a national championship that year. But, Trucial, can you see what that Penn State team looked like that year? Um, so they weren't in any of the New Year's Six Bowls, but I'm looking. Maybe it was a different year. Yeah, Penn State was 6-6. Six and six Oh, then never mind. There had to have been another year where Ohio State went to the playoff over them or something. Because I remember there being. 2015, 2016? Maybe. And, I don't know. Uh, no, that was when Iowa was number five, and they barely miss. Um, yeah, and they did not deserve to be there. I remember Chris, like Stanford, I think, routed them in the Rose Bowl that year. Yeah, forty-five to sixteen, and that was when yeah Stanford and Iowa were five and six, and then Ohio State and Notre Dame were seven and eight. Who do we like? Uh, give me y'all's. You can go way too early playoff prediction or maybe just the top few teams you're thinking of for next year. Who do you got? Um, Dude, I think uh, probably the Hogs, the Vols, the Huskers, and the Frogs. Honestly, I'll see them making a return trip. Definitely not the Frogs, but I could see – I could see. <laughs> that's definitely that's, not the Frogs. That's who, you, that's who you're that's taking out, the team that's in the national championship. Oh, yeah, not, the frogs. not the frogs, but hey, the Huskers, Matt Rule's got them going, right? Yeah, year one. Hey, Sonny Dykes did it in year one. You know what? I can't look, what, look what Brian Kelly did in year one. Yeah, I mean, it, it okay, different situation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, LSU had been a national champion like a year and a half prior. Hey, man, he, he uh, got to an SEC championship his first year. Will, I think, uh, would be pretty awesome. My only, ar- my only argument for the Hogs would be KJ Jefferson. Anytime you got a stud QB, you never know. You could could flip a few of those games that are right on the line, get in it 11-1, and one and go make some noise. I will say Arkansas could be that kind of flip-flop team. You don't know what they're going to do each year because, you. Yeah. I mean, you saw it, Seth. There were a couple games where you could have easily won, and that changes your season. A&M, if you win that game, that could easily yeah. change your season. Oh, yeah. That that let, like, so much – was so stupid. That <laughs> let so much air out of our sails. It, like, was so hard to recover. Because at that point, you're number, like, eight or ten in the country. You win that game, you're, like, top five. And things are things change. If, then if – you know, who knows? You might beat Bama. We were – dude, we were down three going into the fourth quarter against Bama anyway. You know, who knows? Maybe that game switches for you in the positive way. But, yeah, I don't want to think. I I can't think about that. But, yeah, there are teams out there that, you know, are a few things going right. In the SEC, I mean, you'd have to consider Georgia and Alabama just because you just have to. Like LSU is going to be up there again, I think. They're they're not going to be worse. Maybe. Yeah, but they weren't that good this year. They – we're good, but not that good. 
they weren't really a true SEC West champion in my eyes. On paper, they they won it. It'll go down in the history books, but just kind of seemed to squeak by. Um, now I'm not trying to hate on the Tigers. I, I just we'll we'll wait and see. We'll wait and see. They'll be good. Yeah, they'll be up there. They're they're a contender. I'll put them up there. Uh, Bobby so, Petrino could lead the Aggies. I mean, yeah. we haven't even talked about that. The chances. Yeah, we- we can touch on that. Bobby Petrino being at UNLV for about a week. Dude, and then... yeah. Shout out. Like, what, what, what do you, that was so how weird. do you go into Barry Odom's office and be like, Barry, I knew I, I know I agreed to come out here to UNLV with you, but Bobby Petrino is a low down scumbag human being. Like, he is a bad person. I'm even oh, saying yeah. that. Like, I've assigned Bobby Petrino picture to Seth Coggin. Like, I, I, I have that thing locked and loaded. Like, I love Bobby Petrino. He was a legend to me when I was like uh, 12 years old. He revitalized the Razorback program, but he is a scumbag human. At, like, evident time and time and time again, he just does things that it's like, dude, like, no, yeah, he's been accept- given chance and chance yeah. and chance and continuously just makes a fool of himself. If you think you're gonna go to AM, don't accept another job. Like, don't, t- don't just hop somewhere for a week and then leave. Well, is that, I mean, had he heard already? That's the only thing you can there ask. There was like- rumors, there was rumors about him to AM before he took the UNLV job. Like something was there before he did that. So now maybe you hear those, you know, know, like he knows that even if, even if Jimbo hasn't reached out to him, but you're hearing rumors, you at least are saying, Hey, maybe there's some schools that want me. When when UNLV offers, you say, Hey, I want to keep my options open for a little bit. They're not really, they're probably not going to, they'll probably hold off a little bit is all I'm saying. They'd probably give you like three days. Like go, just go float it out there real quick. Like, Hey, I'd be interested. Are, is this going to be a possibility for me? Um, anyway, no, I mean, it's a good, t- it's a good hire offensively. We'll, s- I mean, I am so curious to see how, uh, how it meshes with him and Jimbo. I just find it so hard for me to believe that a Bobby Petrino could be like subservient to Jimbo Fisher. I, I fully predict mutiny. Like I have a full on prediction for football mutiny in the fact that Bobby Petrino about week four is just going to try and take over. Like he is going to denounce Jimbo as an idiot. Like he is, that's because, because that's who Petrino, not, not, this isn't even my belief right now. This is just who Bobby Petrino is. Like he's going to, he thinks of himself so highly that he's just going to say, I mean, you know, Jimbo's offense is not looking great at the moment. So I could see Petrino just come in there and be like, dude, this is all terrible. Like I'm running the show now. Like you're, we sure. AM has enough pieces, dude. Bobby Petrino could run an amazingly effective offense if if they can handle their egos. And that's a huge if. That is a huge yeah. if when talking about these two. And Dave Durkin, bro, what a terrible trio of human beings they've assembled. At some point, it has <laughs> to matter. Like at some point, being a decent human has to matter. And you've got three horrible ones out there. Is Dave oh. Durkin the one who killed a guy? Yeah, he let a player – he, like, worked him out too hard and the guy collapsed on the field. Yeah, it died. Dude. Still he coach. really – Still leading young men. Well, dude, he he was at Ole Miss, like, not like right after that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's been, a, he's been at Ole Miss for less. I, I just have to think – and I'm not saying I, – I don't even know the full situation. I'm not saying he 
did anything specific. I, I don't know the whole thing. But if that is associated with you, how do you just jump over to another Power 5 program? <laughs> yeah, really like no, no repercussions, hardly. Like, imagine, imagine you're at your job and someone dies, like, on your watch. Like, yeah. you're yeah, the manager. From, you're in charge yeah. of them. From and something you, go, you told them to do. That's like Brian Kelly. Oh, I don't even. It's so sad to think about. But Brian Kelly killed a kid who was just trying to record practice. He's not dude, even out there. Yeah. Like, you actually, Brian Kelly put a student in serious harm's way and he died. Yeah. He is responsible for that. Gosh. No, you're right. I don't know. I'm. We'll we'll move off that topic. That is that yeah, is that's ridiculous. Dark. That's heavy hitting stuff like that. We're we're pretty lighthearted podcast, but that's like heavy hard stuff. And we don't really know. Like I don't know what the pun. Like I'm not here to punish people. Like I don't, I'm not even here to say people don't deserve a second chance. But it seems like there should be some discussion of like past wrongdoings that should have some impact on the rest of your career. Yeah. No, I agree. At least I mean, if that's associated with you, I just have a hard time thinking a big name program is like, yeah, bring him on. But uh, obviously it's, well, I mean, maybe that's why he's a defensive coordinator now instead of a head coach. Like that. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Um, But I do want to get back to kind of my, my top teams I'm thinking of the only ones. I feel like Michigan is going to run away with the big 10 next year, just with Stroud being gone and Michigan pretty much being the same team. Now, Corum's coming back, right? I saw that today. Yeah, I think so. And if now, yeah, truthfully, I think you just said it. If Harbaugh's gone, I don't know. They might be better. (laughs) It could be either Harbaugh or Sean Payton is ending up in Denver. I'd have to think you'd want Sean Payton, right? I mean, Sean Payton's already been mobilizing apparently a big crew of of guys to, uh, to put together a whole staff. And so I'd trust Sean Payton over Jim Harbaugh for sure. There's a reason Jim Harbaugh left the NFL to go back to college to do what he did. Um, and I mean, Sean Payton, that dude's always been, uh, he, he wins NFL football games, prove it. Well, I mean, when you look at it on paper and Payton has a Super Bowl and Harbaugh's been to a Super Bowl, like that's, that is one thing I think of when people give Jim Harbaugh a bad rap in the, in the NFL I didn't think he was that bad. It started going off the tracks, obviously, towards the end. And that's why he got fired. And the Michigan job was kind of perfect because it's his alma mater. He already had success at the college level. But I don't see – if I'm an NFL team, I'm thinking Jim Harbaugh could win. Now, that's probably a different thought you have. If you if Sean Payton's coming in, you're th- you're a li- you are a little more excited. Um, yeah, so forget right. forget the on paper stuff. You do you probably are just a little more excited over Sean Payton. But anyway, I, I think Michigan. If even if Harbaugh's gone, you're gonna have a big name coach come in. You're probably not gonna have a ton of guys leave, just because you're good and you've got all the play, all the main guys coming back. I like Michigan. I don't know about Utah. Like is Cam Rising gone? No, he came back. Cam Rising's back. I would yeah, honestly I take. Today. I would take Utah on the Pac-12. It's hard to take a Pac-12 team, though, because they've just shown that they can lose is to Caleb, anyone. Is Caleb, is Caleb Williams back? I don't know. I, I think pro- so. I'd he's probably. I, yeah, what, I think he is. Year, right? I if think... he's back, I'm probably going with USC on a little revenge tour of yeah, the Pac-12. I can Pac-12. see USC making it. They impressed me this year enough to think, like, if, 
I don't have really any reason to think they won't, you know, be better next year. And they don't play like a ridiculously hard schedule. I could definitely see them making a good run, good enough to get in the playoff. Um, I don't. Yeah, it seems as if Lincoln Riley essentially took the Oklahoma program and just moved it to the Pac-12. Like they're going to do the same thing. They're going to do the same thing Oklahoma did when the Big 12 was kind of down. Now the Pac-12 is kind of down and you're going to have a high powered offense that has a good chance to make the playoff. Yeah, you're like the premier program who recruits well and you have a really good offense and you just kind of run through the league. Um, And I I would see that. I don't I don't really see the pack, the like Big 12. I don't see anyone really that makes me like traditionally you might think of like a Oklahoma or somebody, but like I did not see anything out of Venables that makes me think that they're going to like jump to playoff contender. They lost um, their bowl game, right? Uh, who, who, I, I, I don't recall that bowl game. Cause I feel like I saw something Oklahoma had their first losing season in a yeah, long they time. Florida, they lost to Florida state and that's actually perfect. Cause Florida state is one of the teams that I wanted to, mention in terms of nice i don't hate that i kind of like that they have murdered the transfer portal um and they finished off the season with 10 wins i feel like a lot of people just kind of forgot about florida state they had 10 wins this season from a team that has really been down in the dumps they seem moving in the right direction and a lot of the polls that i've looked at have them in the top 10 um, and some polls even have them as high as number three. Uh, some of those too early to tell college football polls I've been looking at. But Florida State is one of those teams that could make a big, big jump. Um, and maybe, hey, Clemson takes a takes a step down and Florida State kind of yeah. bumps up and becomes the king of the, the ACC. We'll see with uh, North Carolina, Drake May. He's got as much hype as you could have around any quarterback coming back next year. So, hey, maybe UNC goes on a little uh, – Crazy Ron. Mac Brown has some good things going over there, too. I like uh, – I'm going for Colorado. Dion, that kid – I mean – Why not go – why not go, dude? The power of – He's in the right league. Yeah, he's in – that's what I'm saying. He's in the right league. The power of just vibes is pretty hard to match. Like, he just comes in year one. I actually don't know who they have in the transfer portal, but – a lot of guys like they're going to have enough energy. They're going to lose to the Huskers week one and then rattle off 11 straight and then win the back 12 and then go to the playoff. That'd be awesome. I take that. Will I'll take that. Uh, I'll take it. As long as the Huskers beat them, I don't care a whole lot. Okay. I, I, for, I did forget they were, they're not good. I forgot they play the Huskers week one. Okay. I rescind. Actually, you know, I'll stick with them just cause like, I don't be, I don't want to be the guy that didn't, Maybe, you know, throw out Colorado as like a dark horse. Uh, you know, personally, I just don't think it's going to work. We're going to find out. I mean, I we're going to if, if he gets to a bowl game with Colorado, I will seriously believe in Dion. Oh, he, dude, it's going to work. I hope if if like things go, I would be great with him being the next coach, next coach at Arkansas. I don't think that's going to happen, but Dion? Uh, I, li- I think he has that much in, like positive impact on a program. And recruiting wise, he might be the number one coach in the country. In Dude, you put him at an SEC school and he is going to eat. He is going to – he was doing ama- things never before been done at Colorado, and it's only going to like – it would only uh, – like I, I am so glad Auburn hired Hugh Freeze 
instead of Deion Sanders. Like I'm, I am <laughs> really, I am. Oh, oh yes. my God! Yeah, dude, don't even hire Dion. Dude, Hugh I don't Freeze. know. Like Hugh it's Freeze gonna... hardly has a winning record in conference play. I thought that was I thought that was the worst case scenario. Auburn hiring Hugh Freeze was the worst case scenario out of for all the them. Coaches. Yeah, for for the coaches that they had been looking at. Hugh yeah, Freeze, like of all the names mentioned, Hugh Freeze was on the bottom of that. Hugh list. Freeze has still has still spent more time as a girls' high school basketball coach than a college football coach. Like, wrap your head around that. He flashed in the pan a few times at Ole Miss by cheating his butt off and playing player, like, which is fine. I don't even hate that. Like that's part of the game. You got to do that. But he didn't never won the West. I, I don't know where this like Hugh freeze is just this coaching genius. I don't know where this comes from. Cause he beat Bama two years. Like, is that, is that, that makes him just like, a he had one, he had one double. He lost to Brett Bielma four times. He's not like he's not that good. I'm not saying I, I don't think Hugh Freeze is gonna be that great at Auburn, but I don't think Dion would have worked there. I just don't. I think Dion was the best hire they could have had. All right. Well, he hasn't I'm even coached Division this, One football yet. Yeah. Who cares? Dude, the recruiting that he overrated. Would he's like, won Super Bowls. Dude, you get the right staff with Deion Sanders, you will have a recruiting machine that could rival any other like it, he doesn't even have to worry about the X's and O's. You could get so much talent with Deion Sanders at your head coaching uh, position. You get a good staff behind him. That team is like guaranteed 10 wins. Well, it's we got a crucial, crucial pull that up right now. Can you see what, what they're ranked at right now? Because yeah, he is getting some athletes, but I, I think it's more like the before we just say that right he's now, right now, what's that? I mean, it's hard to judge his like first, rec- like, he no, I know. Add a, I'm saying more like the transfers. Like they are but in if on he doesn't so win, many. If he doesn't win this year, at least it, if he doesn't show something this year, the transfers aren't going to come. Like this is his best chance to get all these transfers right now. Okay, um, yeah. I and mean, then he's got to he's got to prove something this year for me to be like, okay, this is going to work. Because yeah, if he goes to a bowl game or something, then you're going to have all these guys that are sitting on the bench somewhere that are four star athletes that are saying, yeah, I'll go play for Dion. He's got something yeah. cooking over there. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Only time will tell. Uh, you know, it's kind of good that maybe we have a take that I feel like a lot of time we're the three, we end up agreeing on too many of our takes. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Uh, I respect your decision as a man. I'll stick to my take, but Hey, I'm, I respect your take. Dude, another, another team. I'm looking at the rankings here, a team that we forgot about that could be pretty good. And a team that we trash talked a lot in the ACC Miami is sitting at no, number dude, no, three, no, number no. three in terms of football recruiting for 2023. I don't that, want, I don't matter. care about the recruit. They're, those guys are going to be freshmen and they're probably overrated anyway. So I, I'm not that worried. I think uh, we have Texas in the top four as well. Is Texas back? No, well, this is really right now is when you're really seeing all this NIL valuation come into play. So you are going to have a lot of these big recruits getting paid going to the Texases and Miamis of the world, but I, I, I like know. Oregon. I think Oregon. May I do. Have a good I like shot Oregon. Bo Nix, year seven. Bo Nix is still in college football next Bo year. Like not right, <laughs> not just this year. Bo Nix is still in football next year. <laughs> I remember when Bo Nix played Oregon and Justin Herbert in that opening game of the college football. Oh, yeah, <laughs> he was a freshman, wasn't he? 
Yeah. Dude, that is so long ago. That actually is destiny. I think they definitely are my team of – I'm putting them on early team of destiny watch next year. Oregon? Yep. They, all right, they're in my playoff. I like Oregon. I rescind my Pac-12 statement about – yeah, I'm, I'm going with Oregon in the Pac-12, actually. Over Utah? Yeah. Over USC and – I like Oregon, Utah, and USC to have a chance. That's three good – that's three quality teams. Um, I like Michigan's chances, like you said. Um, I like – Ohio State will always kind of be there as well. You can't really, can't really say anything without mentioning them at least. Uh, I mean, Clemson will probably make another decent run at it. UN, Clemson, UNC, Florida State, I like that. And I like uh, Georgia, Bama, LSU uh, as kind of the top three contenders probably in the – and then, the you know, you and, could – Balls and hogs. Balls and, ho- and hogs and Aggies could probably be thrown in there. Like if things really popped off, you know, I could, I could see it. It's not out of the realm of possibility. Um, let's see. What about Kentucky? I mean, they're no, <laughs> no. Well, they are losing one of the greatest <laughs> quarterbacks. They are upgrading far. big time. I will say that they got NC State's quarterback, and that guy's just a solid Division One mobile quarterback, and he is light years. He's going to be so much better than Will Levis. Yeah, I, I mean, know, it's, it's Levis it's, is a, a top five talent. Will Levis, I'm so excited to see him go in the draft. I hope the Colts. Like, Unless it's the Titans, going to take uh, CJ Stroud, but that would be so funny if Will Levis somehow ended up on the Colts. So what do they have? The fourth pick. Yeah. I'm honestly pro Titans trading up into the top four. Oh yeah, I'm to the top I'm, three. I'm 100. If the, if the Titans traded a three, could they get one of Young and Stroud? Yeah. Yeah. Re- really? Yeah, because yeah. someone will take a pass rusher. I think Will Anderson's projected. Yeah, top Will three. Anderson's going second probably. Oh yeah, we got to trade to the top three and just we got to get in front of the Colts. Yeah, in the in the latest mock draft, uh, CBS has Will Levis going sixth overall to the Carolina Panthers. Don't they have uh, they have Anthony Richardson going before him? Don't they? I don't think so. I saw well, I saw a mock draft that had Anthony. That would be four quarterbacks in the top six, dude. I, Anthony Richardson in the like the top ten of the NFL that this year. Oh, I know. That's I'm just saying. What? I did see Dude, the, that draft machine is broken, bro. If you're drafting a quarterback besides one of like the top two guys in the first round, you're brain dead. Those quarterbacks are not good. Yeah, Anthony. I, I, I'm kind of of the like. I understand that like some people project differently, and some people might burst out. But if a quarterback is like objectively bad. In college, I I find it so hard to think that he's just going to turn it around and be a true like franchise quarterback. Like Will Levis was bad, was not a good college quarterback. He did some good things, yeah, he did some good things, but he was not a good quarterback. Well, you could say I'm just playing devil's advocate here because I don't think Will Levis is going to be good either. But Josh Allen didn't have the best career at Wyoming. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah, fair. There's he outliers though. It. And that's what I, I think I made that point months ago. We can't just start comparing guys who have had bad college careers with big arms to Josh Allen. Like he is the outlier. Yeah. He is the lone outlier. Good point. Good point there. More likely you're going to be like a Carson Wentz situation. That's actually, you know what? That's my NFL comp right there. Will Levis to Carson Wentz. It's perfect. 
I would honestly, I mean, Will Levis in my mind is a, I I think he'll be in the NFL. I think he's a career third string. But did you see how fast he zips those balls in those indoor training? Yeah, did you see how fast he zips those balls to the opposing team? That's amazing. Dude, that's what these videos of guys throwing balls, yeah, in seven on seven. I see that from the 16 year old at Brentwood High School. Like, yeah, if you play quarterback, you can throw a spiral, I hope. <laughs> yeah. And throw it kind of fast. Whoever, too. Whatever team drafts him and has to cope with just, like, watching those kind of videos and, like, try to get hype around him from some, like, grainy indoor seven-on-seven. Like, yeah, because you can't watch like, any actual Kentucky highlights and get excited. Like, you can't go to his actual game tape. Yeah, you can probably pick and pull, like, three, three throws. But <laughs> – yeah, you're gonna turn on the Tennessee tape. I want you to watch a full game. I want you to sit down and watch Will Levis be a quarterback for a full 60 minutes and to, to see the experience. And it is not good. It is not a pretty one. Yeah, like go go back and watch that Tennessee game and watch him put up a whopping zero points as a quarterback. Or what do you they no, they missed a I think an they got point. six. Yeah, that I forgot that wasn't two field goals. They missed an extra point. So he did. Was responsible for one touchdown, but, I mean, Tennessee's defense, which is not that good, um, absolutely obliterated anything Carson uh, – uh, God, I almost called him Carson <laughs> right there. Anything Will, Le- Will Levis had planned for that game. So, I think Will I Levis see. is a poor man's Tyler Bray. A poor man's I kind of like Bray. that comp as well. I like that. A poor man's Tyler Bray. Career third string. But Tyler I mean, Bray. He's going to uh, get drafted a lot higher than Tyler Bray. Tyler Bray. Had right. a, didn't he play a so couple he's kind of, of a rich man's the, uh, Tyler Bray. Chiefs and the Bears. He played, I think, for the – I think he started a game for the Bears. Yeah, I want to say he started a game for the Bears. Yeah. At least he had good college stats. Yeah, at least he was slinging it in college. Yeah. Oh, Tyler Bray was still in the league last year. Dude, I'm praying the Colts draft Will Levis. I'm serious. Nothing would make – I don't even – honestly, I would even trade him being a decent quarterback for the next 10 years for just the hilarity of them drafting Will Levis. What do the Titans get a – what are the Titans – Titans, Titans are in that weird stage where they have a lot of holes to fill. Yeah, A lot. Yeah, Seth, you and, you and Swaff were going back and forth in our group text today about – the needs for the Titans and it's literally everything on offense besides running back. It is everything. Our needs on defense are health. And then our needs on offense are everything. Like we could upgrade at every single position. The only one you're okay with probably right now is running back because I like the trio that they have decent enough. Um, I mean, healthy King Henry. And, And this is, you know, some people are like, well, King Henry's definitely on the decline, and that might be easy to say, but King Henry finished third in the – or top three in the NFL in rushing. I don't know. He may finish second. He was second. He finished second. Off an injury with terrible quarterback and offensive line play. Like, he actually had one of the more impressive <laughs> running back seasons, like, of all – like, I've ever seen. Dude, NPF was the only original starter he still had left on that offensive line. And he player. was a rookie. Yeah, and he's, like, pretty good for a rookie. Well, and let's point out, too, the the past few years, it's only gotten harder for a running back to even get to a thousand yards 
and King Henry's having a down year where he gets 1500 plus. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's I'll, a down year and that's for- a year <laughs> off an injury too. Like I'll, I'll be excited to see him next year, hopefully in an upgraded offense that actually like I'm, I'm, he may even have the same like rushing stats, but I'd like maybe his, if his usage could go down a little bit and like, I mean, his yards per carry was still – I don't know. He's still just had a dominant season. Like, I, yeah, I would, I mean, that would all, be very – off season for him is, like Will was saying, 1,500 yards plus. plus when his receiving yards were up. Yeah, his yeah, receiving yards were way up. up. And he, he didn't have a, a true, like, wide receiver – he had no wide receiver threats. You know, but, I mean, besides trail a rookie who was hurt eight of the, like half the games. Um, he had inconsistent quarterback place, like three different quarterbacks, one of which like couldn't really throw. And then one of which who started two games, like came into the, anyway, just horrible situation for a running back to succeed. And he still was second in the NFL in rushing. Like that is amazing, dude. We King Henry is just a, a legend among, among men. Uh, we got to upgrade at O-line. We got to, I'm thinking two draft picks, plus one solid free agent signing. Like, go out and get at least yeah, one guy you know is a solid a solid guy. Um, like like you did with Saffold a few years back. Like, that guy ended up being good. Maybe that's the guy we should have paid a little money. Like, he started for the Bills all year. Like, go give him a, a year contract. Let him stay around. Um, and I know I'm bemoaning some of the decisions that the prior GM made. Um, he's already gone, so, like, I can't really – um, you know, I can't can't really hate on that situation. Like that's already changed. Um, but just you gotta solidify that O line is precious. Anyone you any quarterback you put behind our O line is just screwed if they're terrible. Um, so you gotta start there. You gotta start there so you can even hope to have success with someone. My true desired method for the Titans is to get one of the old legends. To get one of the old legends. I think Dobbs is solidified himself. He could be your number two. I think Dobbs is the perfect backup quarterback for the Titans. The perfect one. Um, you know, see, obviously has a good head on his shoulders, um, really smart about the game, can make plays, and can w- could win you a game if needed to in a pinch. Like, can manage a game well. Um, if Malik I, Willis can get a win, Josh Dobbs can get a win yeah. too. Um, and then I, ideally you could draft one of the, I mean, this would really be, I guess, truly ideal if you could draft one of the two. I only really see two true franchise guys in this draft, like cornerstone. Yeah. And so if you could potentially get one of them, this would, this would mean the Titans like go all in, but I think the time is like now to just, if they don't want to have a really down window here, um, they need to really kickstart this thing like fast. I think you get Tom Brady. I, I'm serious about getting Brady. Let him have one last run. Like, he's not – he's going to play again. You know he's playing again. And he's not playing in Tampa Bay, apparently. So I don't know if he'd want to come to a situation like the Titans, though. I think if he's maybe going – Maybe not. Maybe not. Like I don't know, but a situation like the Titans – yeah, I mean, probably. Well, then get Aaron Rodgers. Those are the two guys. <laughs> there, are, there are potentially two of the best – three quarterbacks to ever play the position that potentially could be available to you this off season. Now, well, it's a- and the, the thing about Brady, cause yeah, you'll have people laugh at you for bringing Brady up, but Brady is notorious for taking a pay cut to have better players around him. Yeah, so if you well. could get Brady for cheap and 
Brady doesn't care about money. He's a billionaire. Like he has all the money he needs. He would probably enjoy playing with Vrabel. He like that's yeah, his. Boy. They're obviously boys. And if you do that, and he takes a pay cut, see if you can sign, like Seth said, a legit offensive lineman, a guy who's proven that can at least be some kind of anchor for the offensive line. And I don't know, is Ben Jones coming back? Like Ben Jones is the one guy on the offensive line you can count on. Yeah, so I would take put- if you put Ben Jones, Nate Davis, Brewer. Uh, in, in an MPF and yeah, you sign one. We need like a cornerstone, a true, like, you know, you need a left solid tackle. left tackle. And then, Milana and then draft a couple sure guys. Milana is for sure. Not going to be our left tackle next season. I, I mean, don't think so. He's I don't think so either, but I, I he yeah. even said that on Twitter, he kind of gave his almost goodbye. He said, if this is it for me, I want to say how much I want to thank the Titans fans in Nashville and everything. So if you're putting that out, probably I mean, not. The writing's, writing's on, on the, the, yeah, the right. I was going to say the writing's on the wall, but yeah, I mean, if, and then if Brady comes, you know, you're going to probably attract at least one or two free agent receivers. Um, you're getting, you're getting at least one veteran guy that's going to come over, you know, draft another one. And, you know, then I don't know. And we have a good defense. <laughs> yeah. The defense is there. Like the defense has enough pieces, maybe, you know, fill a few holes and solidify a few things next year. But yeah, the defense, might. the defense has enough to be really good. Um, I don't one know. One more corner, one more linebacker. And I think our defense is just about perfect. The problem is, is we keep saying, we keep just naming positions and there's only so much you can get, you know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, that, you're never going to have a perfect scenario. Yeah. You're going to have to have guys that can make plays who, uh, who don't have a perfect scenario. Yeah. I'm just saying, ideally you get, I mean, in a truly ideal world, yeah, you get Tom Brady for a one-year deal, uh, and then you have Dobbs as your number two, and then you have a guy that you drafted as your number three. And Tom Brady's the, like, what better situation for a young stud to come into than having Tom Brady for a year, um, you know, in front of them as their leader? Like, how how else would you want to train your franchise quarterback than with Tom Brady as as the head of your franchise? Like, let him come in and let him see Brady. Like, no, we want you to come in and be this kind of player for us. I don't want you to come and learn under, like, other guys that we've had in the past because, <laughs> like, they're they're not, they're not good. Yeah, they're not <laughs> Tom Brady. And then, I mean, I think that situation, you have three good quarterbacks that, you know, Tom only plays 11 games out of the regular season. Let the rookie get two and let Dobbs get two or three and, you know, have everybody ready and healthy for the playoffs. You have Derrick Henry you can hand the ball to. I'm not, I'm just saying, not a bad situation. Not a bad situation at all. No. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I I'm ready to give him, and my truest hot take is I'm ready to give him the offensive coordinator position if that's what it takes. I would legitimately, legit, straight up, hire Tom Brady to be my offensive coordinator and quarterback. That's, that is what I want. You I mean, cannot he can do it. Me. No, I, I, I laugh because it's funny, but no, he could do it. You cannot tell me that's a vast improvement from Todd Downing. It'd be an improvement. That's for damn sure. And why couldn't he go out there and play? Like, I don't know. I, I don't see any reason why he couldn't scheme up the offense and also go out there and play. Yeah, he'd probably need some help. Some, like, true, like, you know, someone who's not in the game help. But we can yeah. get that. We can set that up. He's just the Tim leader. Kelly of is already yeah. the passing yeah. game coordinator. He'd just take over that role of helping out Brady. Brady's uh, offensive assistant. Yeah, I'm just saying, it'd be wild and unprecedented. But 
so is Tom Brady. Like Tom Brady is unprecedented. Like Tom Brady could do whatever he wanted. I'm looking at this, the Georgia TCU game, and it's just getting uglier and uglier by the minute. I know Max Duggan was just – he got tackled on a third down and was slamming the turf. I do kind of hate it for a guy like – I hate it when you do have one guy who's clearly the best player on the team. Uh Uh-oh. Oh, I thought they were going to break that one. Yeah, oh, no, I'm watching the sky cam, and that hole was open. <laughs> that was a nice little play call. A little end around first. God. Oh, yeah, man. I wish, I wish Duggan would uh, – because Duggan is so much more of a likable guy than Stetson Bennett. And also, did you guys see the – Oh, yeah, say it. Say where what Stetson he said. Bennett is being interviewed, and he's like, you know what? I mean, a lot of people aren't going to say it, but a lot of these guys were counting out Georgia. I mean, they, maybe it wasn't uh, that we were going to be unranked, but they said we had 15 draft picks. We were losing 15 guys, and we were doubted. I mean, that was a bulletin board for a lot of our guys. And everyone in the comments is like, how can you be so unaware of what – no one was doubting Georgia. Nobody – Well, his pretty close to his exact words were – you know, a lot of people doubted us this year. And, you know, a lot of people are going to say, oh, no, we didn't. Well, yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. <laughs> well, okay. It, it's one thing to, like, ma- yeah, you got to motivate yourself somehow. But to just say, to make a statement like that that is so untrue, like, yeah, I didn't <laughs> want you to win. You could say that. You could say you got yeah. haters. But I didn't doubt that Georgia – I was. was I, I thought good. TCU could have a chance. I never was saying there's no way Georgia wins. Look at them. They've got everything going against them. Are you kidding me? <laughs> like that was the one of the most ridiculous statements that I have ever heard. Just a tone deaf, like does not have any awareness of the situation of just don't double down on it. So you yeah. can say it and everyone can be like, oh, okay, he's just hyping just, himself up. But when yeah. you double down on it and say, no, seriously, there are a lot of people out there doubting us. And they'd say they didn't, but they did. It's like, yeah, literally putting words in other people's mouths. Like, eh, hard, just... hard for us to say predicting the Georgia hangover, but. Yeah, I mean, we definitely were hangover. <laughs> but I, in my deep down heart of hearts, I knew Georgia was going to be good. Like, it's. I, w- I never truly doubted Georgia that much. Uh, I do hate I hate watching this game. They're gonna score fifty plus. They're oh my gosh, it's only a third quarter. They're yeah, score sixty. Oh, they could they could put up sixty or seventy if they want to. But they're probably. I mean, they're gonna call the dogs off here soon. Most likely. Ugly, ugly game. What an awesome season, though. It's sad to sad to see the last in college football going. Yeah, although Georgia is going to end up winning the national championship, there was a lot of parity in college football this year. Yeah. I mean, TCU's in the national championship. There it is for you. Alabama didn't make the playoffs. Yeah, Alabama and Clemson didn't make the playoffs. That right there. Ohio State did, but. We're going to have to look back at our college program draft at some point. After basketball, I mean, it's a program. Well, yeah, we could update it after football season. Just see what we're looking like. See, we'll, how have we're to, we'll have to like scale it differently, like because we can't just do pure victories. No, no, no. Well, we I think we can come to a a somewhat of an agreement on grading each program after football season. It's like bring your arguments. I've got the the list right here. How many how many games do 
I'm feeling like I didn't have a great football season for my squads, but I had a, I had a pretty good one. I had oh well. Let's read off read off the programs, Trucial. How many do we have? Do we have twelve each? Twelve. So I'll start with Seth. I'll, I'll do mine last. So Seth, you had Florida, USC, Ooh, Texas, nice. Nebraska, yeah. oh, North okay. Carolina, Arkansas for your day one picks. That was a great your, draft. Your day two picks were Tennessee, Iowa. I traded Tennessee, though, didn't I? Did you trade Tennessee to Will? I traded someone in the end. I think I might have. But you had Tennessee, Iowa, Washington, Auburn, Arizona, and Kansas were your day two picks. Uh, no, I traded Kansas and someone else. I didn't tra- – I, I have Tennessee. You had some Tennessee. decent to a couple really good football teams in there. I'm I'm ready for basketball season, though. That, 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 that list is littered with top 25 programs for basketball right yeah. now. Yeah. Will, you did pretty well. Um, you had Michigan, Notre Dame, Clemson, LSU, Texas A&M, and Oregon. In your nice. day one. Strong. Solid, solid football seasons for them, yeah. In your day two Except draft, A&M. you got Georgia. Georgia in the day two was – that was a pretty damn good steal right there, Will. I feel like national championship has to be some kind of massive bonus. That has to be game. like 25 points. Oh, that is true. Yeah, we got to think – yeah, that's a good point. We got to think about like – Conference championships, national championships. So you have Georgia, Florida State, UCLA, Kentucky, Duke, and Virginia. Yeah, it's pretty solid. Pretty solid football season for my conference. And my picks, I I don't have who I listed out. Or I guess I can go my first six for day one. So I had Ohio State, Alabama, Oklahoma, Penn State, Miami, and Wisconsin were my first six. Um, pretty, pretty decent. If Oklahoma would have played better, Miami would have played better. Could have looked nice. First overall pick on day two was Michigan State, though, which uh, did not pan out too great for me. We had Oklahoma State, West Virginia, Baylor, Utah, and then South Carolina coming in at number twelve for my uh, my last overall pick. All right, pretty decent. We'll have to figure out some kind of scoring system. Yeah. Man, For, Georgia just scored again. Yep. I saw they're up to 52. Woo. It's not looking good. No, <laughs> it's not. What's the live bet on TCU right now? I don't even think you could find a book to give you a line on that. <laughs> they're like, uh, we wouldn't even dare take your money there. It's probably like plus 44 and a half. Usually it's like just under or yeah. just over whatever the current spread oh, is. Money line TCU right now? Yeah, I'm saying money. Yeah. Oh, plus, money line? <laughs> plus like five. Like, live bet the frogs down 45. Yeah, like a dollar a dollar to win 2.6 million? <laughs> I did put a when, – when the game started and Georgia scored right away, I think I got TCU money line plus 1,200 live. And I was like, all right, all right, here we go. And then the I, I went ahead and put the same amount on the spread, which was TCU plus 21 and a half. And I was thinking to myself, okay, so if they don't win, you know, they'll cover, I'll get my money back. Uh, I don't, I don't think no, that's no, I think you're losing both of those, buddy. That's okay. It wasn't too much. I wasn't super confident. So just a sprinkle. Yeah. Just a sprinkle. Just a, just something to have a chance at something big. That's all you can ask for. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, any anything else you want to cover before we wrap it up? Uh, R.I.P. Todd Downing. Probably, uh, I probably missed that, but 
What a strange and wild ride it's been. What a terrible – I think that's going to go down as probably Vrabel's biggest error as a coach is hiring him two years ago. Um, I think and being really kind of too stubborn to he got asked about it a lot the past. I few think years. I think if he do, if he hires someone that's really good and comes in here like that, we went. We were the number one seed in the AFC in spite of Todd Downing, not because of Todd Downing, in spite of Todd Downing. And I really think like that team had a real chance to be special if, you know, the right person's calling the plays. Um, and then this year, it's just been a total debacle. Um, and it's been just so obvious. And not only has his performance on the field just been horrific and our, our offense, we averaged 2.17 points in the fourth quarter this year. Not we even didn't, we didn't even average a field goal in the fourth quarter this year. That is pathetic. So it, was more, it was more likely we weren't going to score in the fourth yes. quarter than we were going to get a field goal. Yeah. Um, so that's pathetic. And then you also just have a major in, like franchise embarrassment by getting a DUI, um, you know, the night after a football yeah, game. Yeah, he calls his first good game of the year and then gets a DUI. Like that it's all night. like it's literally like cosmic karma. I, I finally I finally came out in support of Todd Downing and within five minutes. Within five minutes, news came out. Uh, news came out about the DUI. Like I was like, you know what? I'm going to support Todd Downing. I'm a Todd Downing fan right now. And then momentarily, I'd hardly sent tweet. I had hardly said send tweet, and the news came out about Todd Downing DUI, which obviously had happened probably a few years, a few hours prior. But the news came out um, that morning, and then the Titans went on a seven game losing streak. <laughs> and that's all she wrote. That's all she wrote. Oh, so, yeah. Todd Downing, bon voyage, best wishes. Uh, and uh, some of the other coaches fired. You know, I, I don't want to make light. Like, I hope to be a coach one day. That's a, pro- a profession I'm choosing to uh, to kind of go into. So, I know it's hard, like, to lose your job and stuff, and it's very public, um, and it's very hard to, you know, to go from that. But at the same time, you're in the NFL – like you gotta perform. This is your job. Uh, you gotta, and you get, you get met. Your performance gets measured all the time, um, and so you gotta step up. If and, and he, they couldn't do it. So, um, anyway, that's all I really had to say. Was I can hope for better things in the future. Yeah, I agreed. I don't know what, what Todd Down is gonna do after this, but yeah, I mean that's the thing. I mean, life of a coach. A lot, a lot of turnover, a lot of different jobs. I'm sure he'll be fine. So, but Vrabel, that was that was an error in Vrabel's stubbornness and hiring from within, and hiring and promoting Todd Downing uh, a couple years back, and it's really come to hurt him, like really bad. And, and you had the opportunity last year to sever ties when the Bengals were calling our plays in the playoffs. Like I'll, I'll never, I will never forgive. Any, like I'll never get over that. The defensive for the Cincinnati Bengals knew what plays we were running. Like, it as an offensive coordinator, you can't have that. Like, that is the one thing you have to at least like. So, anyway, best best wishes, Todd Downing. Dude, I'm looking. Uh, Georgia just started warming up their another quarterback, and this kid. I mean, it looks like he's still playing Brentwood Blaze. Like, 
<laughs> the kid they were warming up who might uh, just go in for Stetson Bennett was one of the like scrawniest, funniest looking white kids I have ever seen in my life. Stetson Bennett <laughs> 2.0. I mean, they found the mold. Like, we're going to build the best team ever with just, you know, talent all over and then just get a scrawny, scrawny little guy to play quarterback and, and be amazing. They might have figured it out. It worked with. Brady, they worked with some of those Alabama teams. Isn't that funny that Bryce Young didn't win a natty as like starting quarterback, but like AJ McCarron won a couple and like yeah. Jake Tober. Probably gonna be the Bryce Young might be the best Alabama quarterback of all time when it's all said and done. He I mean, probably I think, is. I, I think I don't know. Joe Namath is pretty good. Um I mean, dude, Bryce Young could be like a mega Hall of Famer championship. It's a lot to put on a kid's shoulders. We'll see if he lives up to it. Okay, look at what Joe Burrow and Trevor Lawrence are doing. Yep. The the great ones are going to make it happen. Dude, Trevor Lawrence is good. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's what the reason I think the Titans need to move up in this draft is because the Texans and um, the Colts are both poised to, to get a quarterback this draft. A franchise QB. Yeah, yeah, the Jags already have their franchise QB. We could be stuck in a really, really bad spot if we don't have a franchise quarterback in the next two years. Yeah, I agree. It could be bad. So yeah, hopefully, we're, hopefully yeah. we do something. We're going to yeah, be I'll back in football purgatory. We do not want to go there anymore. We've seen, we've seen what that looks like, and it's bad. And yeah, I know no, I'm excited, and we'll talk about it more, but I'm excited to see what the Titans do end up doing on draft day because, like we said, there's so many holes to fill. I don't know. I go back and forth because it starts with the offensive line, but we haven't really been good at drafting offensive linemen. So, yeah. Maybe- like, imagine if you hit on a first-round left tackle two years ago instead of just with. Or if we hit on a guard in the second round. Like, you draft on you draft an offensive lineman in the first round, you cannot miss. You cannot miss on that. That guy has to be a starter for you. Yeah. I mean, uh, the Titans are notorious. We got Chance Warmack, uh, Isaiah Wilson. We we love drafting tackles in the first round. That just end up being horrible. Yeah, Lawan is like by far your best guy you drafted mm-hmm. in, awesome. in recent memory for offensive linemen. But yeah. that's what the standard should be for a first-round tackle. Yeah. yeah. Like a multiple-time pro bowler. Lockdown left tackle for eight years. Yeah. I mean, that's what should be expected for a first round pick. All right. Well, we got to get a few of those this year. Yeah. Let's get a couple. It is going to be frustrating when we draft it. Not, not because I, I won't personally be frustrated, but just like visually, it's frustrating when your team has so many holes, but then you draft like an O lineman first round. And it's like, well, that's just kind of boring, but we might need boring. Like, I'd be fine with that. Yeah. Depending on who's available, I mean, I haven't really got too deep into that kind of stuff, but I know I got to look at the alignment in this year's draft class. I assume the first couple are going to be pretty good, but I don't know. Yeah. All right. Well, I was kind of hoping to end this and go watch the fourth quarter of a hotly contested game, but boys, it is all Georgia. That was my Gosh. that was my celebratory Georgia bark for all the all the Bulldogs. I hate Georgia. Oh well. 
No, All right, guys. Thank, thanks for listening. This has been Patriot Sports, part of the Six Pack Coverage Network. Check them out at sixpackcoverage.com on Instagram and Twitter at sixpackcoverage. Check us out on Twitter at paydirt underscore sports and on Instagram at paydirt sports. Guys, thanks again for listening. We will see y'all next week. Paydirt out.